Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And head on over to Facebook. Give the page over there a like as well. Um, the YouTube channel has become very, very important now. Uh, lots of content going up over there. So click the links in the descriptions to find all of our social media channels and networks. You can follow the show really easily. We also make it really easy for you to get involved with martial athletics, uh, both with the Big Green Scholarship Foundation so you can join the Big Green. We all know how important that is. And, of course, the Thunder Trust. The links are there directly for you to click the link and join the 1837 NIL Honors Club. So there's no time like the present. Get on board. 2023 is going to be a great year. It's already been a great year, and we're just about to start wrapping up spring sports. So with uh, football on the horizon, there's no time like the present to get involved in a much bigger way with herd athletics. Russ, we've got a lot to talk about. The seasons for many of our teams are winding down. Uh, this week, we're going to take part in the SBC track championships as well as the SBC softball tournament. There's a lot of news swirling about some other sports, and we're going to get into a whole lot of it right after a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Jason and Matt are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who practice throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. They can't protect you from bad drivers, but they will make sure you're treated fairly by the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. It is winding down. We have a... a a lot of high-stakes games and uh, matchups. Let's call them matchups on the horizon this week. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of them and some of the things that have also happened this week in our Five Things segment. So give me, I don't know how many things that every Herd fan needs to know this week. Yeah, so we this week we have seven things every Herd <laughs> fan needs to know this week. As usual, brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, we got to start with it. Andy Taylor is officially in the transfer portal. Uh, yeah. And that one sucks from a herd fan perspective. But some of the dollar amounts that have been speculated and thrown around, whew, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard for me to put myself in, in those same shoes and go, mm, I don't know, man. But on the other side, I can see where folks are like, you know, loyalty is worth more than a dollar amount. But on mm -hmm. the other side, I can think, hey, this X amount of dollars that's being thrown around sure would be a great jumping start, leaping off point for beginning your adult life. You know, yep. I, I, I didn't have that kind of nest egg to get going. So I got thoughts on it and we'll talk about it more. But what do you do now, Russ? I mean, he was the centerpiece of the of what we were going to do this year, you know? Yeah. Well, so um, <clears throat> I think that I'll be able to weigh in on this a lot more later after uh, not just any kind of potential signings that we may have transfers coming in, but just looking at the roster right now, not putting a lot of thought into it. I do want to say that 
Jacob Connor has the ability to handle the ball coming up the court. I don't think that that is ideal, um, but it is a partial during the game option, you know, to that you don't have to have a traditional point guard on the court at all times when Connor at six foot eight or so has that ability as well. Um, Cam Kerfman also uh, did a lot of bringing the ball up the court, even as a set shooter. So I think that we definitely need to get a guard. We've got Alex Braun on the, uh, um, on the um, bench that can come in. I think that we've got um, a desperate need for another ball handler, penetrator, someone that can dish and uh, drive in, kick it out to those shooters. Got to get somebody in the portal. Look, you're all in right now. You have to be all in on finding the absolute best point guard available out there. You have to go get them. You have to. Because, yeah, you can bring in another guard, quote, another guard, and yes – Connor can help out and Kerfman can help out, but that's not what the, you don't want somebody to help out. You want somebody right. that can run that offense efficiently and effectively. And Oh, by the way, find 20 points, you know, because Andy was good for 20 points a game last season. And I'm not saying you have to go out and find one guy, but look, man, we already talked about bringing in guys and a number of guys chipping in to offset what you're going to lose in production from Tavion Kinsey. And now you talk about losing the production down low from uh, Han Lockton. And now they added production of losing what Andy Taylor, you're talking about 40, 45 points a game and who knows how many blocks and rebounds per game that you now have to go find. Um, it becomes a lot of work in a short amount of time. And you thought mm-hmm. you plugged in some pieces here and there because Andy was going to be there. And that's what the whole thing was kind of going to revolve around was his ability to do what he does. And now it's not going to be there. So you have to absolutely go find a point guard and you have to have to go find a damn good one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I misspoke. I said, Alex, uh, Kyle Braun is Kyle who Braun, I was yeah. talking about, but um, you know, when I say help out, no, I don't mean that, you know, this is going to be a by committee type. Yeah, it absolutely can't be. What I mean by that is Andy was playing 37 minutes a game, you know, uh, so we don't have to get someone in that's going to be a 37 to 40 minutes a game point guard Mm -hmm. is we can at some points during the game go with a larger lineup and, and bring the ball up the court when it allows for such a thing with a Connor or a Kerfman that you don't have to find someone because they don't grow on trees. And if they do grow on trees, a a penetrating uh, point guard for 40 minutes a game, they're probably not going to be available for Marshall to just scoop up right now because all the other places are going to be wanting a 40 uh, minutes a game penetrating point guard. Yeah, I understand. I understand that. But, you know, if this is all going to trickle down and, if what we're hearing is true, larger teams are poaching from our roster, then we just have to continue to poach from on down the line, right? And and if that's the name of the game, then that's the name of the game. It can't be a one-way street. You can't just always be the victim. Sometimes you're going to have to go on the attack. And there are there are guys out there, I know, that are playing yeah. in lower levels that, you know, fans may roll their eyes at and go, oh, great, we're going after a D2 guy. Oh, great, we need a D3. Who cares? If the yeah. guy can play, he can play. You don't know what the circumstances were that led him to wherever he was at. 
we have no idea. But if you bring in that same guy and he comes in and lights it up, you're going to be like, man, what a recruiting job by our staff. I can't believe they found that guy and nobody else did. So it, it, it depends on what type of attitude you want to have throughout the process, I guess. But here's the point I want to make about this. I think this one stings for a number of reasons, right? It's because Andy's been here for a number of years. He was poised to be one of the all-time greats, potentially, mm -hmm. if he had a repeat year of the year he had, or maybe a little bit better. He, he could have threatened to become the new all-time leading scorer in program history, right? Could have. Mm -hmm. And I think this one hurts more so than Henlocken because Michael was here for a year. You know, he... he had all the makings to be something great, but he wasn't here for a number of years. Also, there was no real indication to, to my knowledge that Andy was going to go in the portal. So this feels like somebody said, hey, we'll just come, we'll give you X if you'll enter the portal and come here. That's what it feels like. And that, to me, is what's wrong about it, right? Because it, it's one thing if a guy's in the portal and you go after him. Fair game, right? It's a completely different argument if he's actively on your roster, not in the portal, and these rumors and things are swirling, and then all of a sudden he oh, uh, has entered his name into the transfer portal a few get, a few days before the window closes, and boom, 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 it's over. And and I think that's that's where the big problem lies. And um, I don't necessarily – again, I don't fault the kid because this is happening all across the country. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's throwing an excessive amount of money at you, it'd be hard to pass it up, especially at 20-some years old and, you know, uh, all everything that goes into that. I get it. I get it. It sucks that it's happening here. It happened to us. And now when you look at the season we just had, and then you look back and you go, damn, you lose the player of the year in Tavion Kinsey to exhaustion of eligibility. You lose the freshman of the year in Micah Hanlockton to the portal. And then you lose a first-team all-sum belt conference guard to the portal uh, as yet uncommitted. But we all kind of think we know where that's going to go. Um, it just hurts. So now you're tasking Dan D'Antoni and this staff with another turnaround without having dipped yet because they're still off the heels of a great season. Now they have to rebuild the roster at three major components to be competitive again. And it's very, very daunting, I think. I don't think that I'm speaking out of turn. Uh, at least I hope I'm not. Uh, I can get my hand smacked later. But we have already discussed on this show that we interviewed for the Thunder Trust, Andy Taylor. Mm. You know, we we discussed it. It was two weeks ago on who uh, who or two episodes ago on on who it was that that we had uh, on there. You know, so some of the things that he told us during that do not match up with what happened this past week yep. and I am with you I'm not under the guise of saying oh he just totally changed his mind this seems like tampering to me of this is out there should you so choose to enter the portal like mm -hmm. like how you phrased it and other things that he said, I mean, I flat asked, would you, would it be accurate to say that you've had opportunities to go elsewhere in the past? And he said, of course. And the way he answered it, let you know that this was available, not this specific thing here, but the opportunity to transfer has been there and he decided to stay here. Someone has come in. Uh, we've heard rumors on the, the school and the amount. It, 
pure speculation on my part if if I were to repeat that, so I won't. But it seems like tampering to me. And the response to some of the members of those fan bases are, well, everybody's doing it. Right. That still doesn't make it right. And that, yeah. that to me is where until we have some type of legislation, right? And I'm not right. saying don't pay the kids. They should be able to profit off of the, you know, universities make a lot of money off of the kids, yep. you know, performing and stuff like that. So they should be able to get a cut too. But tampering should, there should be some type of penalty there. There should be. I mean, yep. I think that's not out of the, it, it, everybody should agree to that. You know, if you don't want there to be a penalty for tampering, then you just want to make your living off of tampering. <laughs> that's really yeah. it. Yeah. So let's say this hypothetical school that uh that has offered this hypothetical sum of money that mm -hmm. we can't confirm i mean right. i'm not being coy when i say that i don't know other we than all have there's just, it's just rumors yeah you know? and, it, it, yeah and they could but, be accurate but they're just rumors but let's say a blue blood that is higher than this hypothetical school that we're talking about comes in and poaches two or three off their roster what would their fans say at that point that's right well everyone's doing it no, no they would they, cry foul they would cry foul. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, it, the NCAA definitely has to get a, a rein on this. And I'm not, I don't know if we're talking a, a cap amount or, you know, some kind of compensation back to the school. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's I don't what know. I think. Yeah, but I don't, I don't have the answer is what I'm saying. But they have to have something here for penalties for tampering. Uh, it, I mean, that is a, a, a bottom line must happen they have to have some sort of repercussion for if you do this it's this you know yeah and i don't feel like we're very close to that happening right mm -hmm. now no i think that they want to just stay out of it and that's the wrong way to go right now the ncaa is basically like well what can we do we have we can't do anything no you can do all kinds of stuff you know i mean you've shown over the years that if you so choose, you can do it. Um, they just choose not to. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's frustrating, right? Because they've, they've built this, they've built this um, empire through absorbent amounts of media money. And that, you know, that, then that disparity was bad enough. And now you just like, man, we can just, you know, we have all this money and, and we have, they, some of these places have huge donors and yep. so they can build these infrastructures that are infinitely nicer. So when you go tour, you're like, dang, you guys got, you know, all this luxury, everything. And then yep. you have deep pocketed donors. It's like, you want to come play here? Okay, fine. So it's frustrating, right? But all we can do is what we can do. And, um, you know, we got to focus on the herd. One player will not a team make. One player will not a program make. We've had guys transfer before. We've had mm -hmm. key components transfer out before. If you remember a couple of years ago, Jared West transferred out, and uh, the herd still took the floor, and we still played, you know? Yeah. And uh, we'll have to do it again. It sucks to see Andy go, especially a lot of – based around a lot of what we had heard and talked about, but what can you do, man? Uh, the, it's It's over. Turn the page and move on. My final thoughts that just about everyone, including us on social media, have echoed. But uh, because of this, I have to praise even more than I already have Tavion Kinsey. Because imagine what that guy either has turned down or what he could have turned down had he allowed people to, to give him these offers if he didn't get any. But um, 
you know, he came out and made a statement of once a herd, always a herd, and how it was always up to him to stay here at Marshall and everything he accomplished on the court. That guy's character is just equal or above everything he did on the court. Yeah, and I think I put I put this tweet out yesterday. I want to say that I want to mention this too. We we may have if nothing changes, right? This was the whole caveat to the wording of the tweet. If nothing changes with the current you know, rules, quote unquote, rules that are in place with transfers and NIL. You may have seen the last all-time leading score, right? Because who's going to be around long enough? If you're a high performer and, and we've yeah. seen they're coming after you, right? Yeah. They will come after you. So Plus Tavion had the five years for COVID. It's almost like it's the perfect storm, you mm-hmm. know, that he got about four and a half years of what other people would have going forward unless there's some other kind of change in rules to where they could have more, more eligibility rules. But um, that coupled with this new landscape, you're probably right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, even if you come in and you start as a freshman and you put up ridiculous numbers, you know, what are the odds that somebody won't give you an opportunity or several somebody's won't give you an opportunity. So you won't be around long enough to break. If you combine your point totals at, every stop you've been at, then you may have set a record here. But will you be around long enough to do that? I don't know, man. It's one of those things that in 15 or 20 years, you know, you may look back or maybe 10 years, you may look back and go, man, it's it's hard to find all-time greats now. What do you quantify as an all-time great? Because, you know, some people will inevitably stick around. But I hope, I hope we're not seeing the last of those guys now, Right the guys like Tavion Kinsey, the guys like Owen Porter that chose to come back and stay here, who undoubtedly probably had opportunities to go somewhere. I mean, the guys are an animal, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we continue to have guys that want to be here and, you know, money's great. It is. I mean, it's hard for me to tell you you should turn it down, but I'm not going to tell you you should turn it down. Everybody has to make those decisions for themselves, but hopefully we have guys that want to stick here and be an all-time great here. Yeah. Because uh, we sure do like to celebrate those guys and gals. Well, how about we make it a little more positive during our uh, seven that, things? That was a here. 17 and a half minute thing. <laughs> um, let's talk positivity. Yeah. Number two, Autumn Owen wins the Sun Belt Triple Crown. Can how you get cool a little positive out of that? I mean, I, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's freaking great, man. Let's run down the numbers, right? Triple Crown average. In average, leading the conference in average home runs and RBIs, average of 451, home runs 19, narrowly missed two this past weekend, could have pumped those numbers up uh, even higher, and RBI currently sitting at 70. So for regular season Triple Crown numbers, that's it. That's locked in. Those aren't going any higher. But we still have the SBC tournament, so some of these numbers could push even a little higher. And I'm listen, I want to say this right now, because it's right here in front of me, 70 RBIs, does it just not feel like a very martial thing for her to end her season with 75 RBIs? Does that just not seem like the thing that's going to happen? 75, I mean, the Marshall and the 75 is just always linked together. I mean, you got to win three to win the title. I mean, 75, though, just feels right. Here's where I'm going to go with that. I think it feels very martial. Uh, for when we went 15 and 0 in 1996, I'm gonna say 96 sounds like a good. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh, we'll have we'll probably see a, a hell of a tournament out of that. 
26 RBI. Um, <laughs> that would take some the tournament and some NCAA uh, run to get there. That's cool, though. I'll take that, too. It doesn't have to. I mean, you know, they don't put a cap on how many you can score, you know? Yeah, that's true. But damn. Uh, but I will say, you know, Autumn, um, just one more protein bar. Man. You would have had that grand slam. Um, and, and then she narrowly missed another yeah. one that the uh, right fielder caught, like, above the fence line. Yeah. Dang, I told I said that Allie should be giving her the Skittles before she bats, just for that extra little oomph of, of yeah. sugar right before. But right. Man, we could be talking about, you know, 21 home runs and already 75, 76 RBIs. But, hey, um, who cares? Triple crown winner, man. All hail the queen. What a gal. And let's not forget, she was injured. Remember we talked about that she got injured and had to rehab and get ready for the season. And they were – some of the folks were like, I don't know, Autumn, it may not – you know, she's like, no, I'm going to be ready. If you remember in that interview that we did in the softball feature – she talked about that. She was like, I knew I was going to be ready. There was no way I wasn't going to be ready. Yep. And then to come out and have a triple crown season. That's hard H- work. Hats off to her, yeah. man. What a year. Well, we talked about uh, definitely during that, and we've talked about a lot, but definitely during that interview series, how she hustles. Mm-hmm. And it's after every foul ball, it's uh, in between innings. And you can just tell the dedication to work ethic is there. And that's what happens when you're injured and you have that championship mindset of, I will be ready, I will be better. And she put that to test and she passed She passed yeah. that test. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's Marshall's postseason accolades should be rather large here. You know, this season, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody can take away player of the year from Autumn Owen. I think if it is, I mean, dang, man, how do you do that? How do you, how do you look at that and go, well, she's obviously not the best player in the conference this year because if she has anybody to fight with over that, it's her battery mate. So let's talk. Yeah. About her too. Well, well, before we move on, if they do that sort of thing, you know, what I don't like is when they take, um, someone that is off the number one team. I mean, you're looking oh, at, yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Number two team. Uh, What's your number uh, one num- in the East? Yeah, number two, number three, whichever way you want to say Marshall is, your number one in the East. Uh, I don't think that we would have been where we were at with either one of these two players, the one we just right. talked about or the one that we're getting ready to talk about. And we wouldn't be where we're at with all the other players with uh, the elevation in defense that we had this year and just the production top to bottom, the other pitchers, that's not the only pitcher that we have on the roster that's put up great numbers this year. Top to bottom, we've got a good team. But MVP, I think, looks like Autumn Owen. I do do not have the non-traditional triple crown stats rankings on where she's at, but I know that she was up there in on-base percentage because – you take a 451 batting average, that's already a, a very good on-base percentage uh, in softball. But if I'm not mistaken, she was either leading or ended up leading at the end of the season in walks. So her on-base percentage, if she's not, you know I'm high on that. If she's not winning in that category, I would hate to see who is. <laughs> I mean, what are they, 6'12"? I mean, that's it's absurd whatever she's going to be at, and I just I don't have them in front of me to check. Well, if if 
also you were talking about just taking members off the number one team, right? I don't mm-hmm. like that it's, you know, the best player off the number one team. That doesn't right. always make you the MVP. Right. That just That's makes right. you the best player on the best team, right? Yeah. That's it. But um, I also don't like it when a conference just wants to spread it around. You know, it's like, man, if you right. got the best players at a position or in a category, they're the best. You don't try to spread it around. So, in, in my opinion, uh, Autumn is our is the MVP of the league, right? Sid Nestor, who we're getting ready to talk about, also triple crown winner for the pitching, pitching triple crown winner, is the best pitcher in the league. And not didn't get a Pitcher of the Week award once. Not once, yeah. but she's a triple crown winner. So, I know I stole your, your other thing, but... Lay it on me officially while, yeah, I, look, okay. while I look at something. All right. So the number three thing is Sid Nestor's the triple crown pitch uh, thing. Way to way to ruin it. <laughs> I wanted to throw back. I was looking at individual stats. Autumn was number three in the conference in total hits with 65. Uh, behind number one in the conference, Alex Coleman of uh, yeah. the herd as well with uh, 76. So, yeah, Autumn Autumn had that 451 average the OPS was number one uh, 1.480 of course home runs so anyway we, we could what's, go what's the on base percentage though oh crap I lost my screen um on base percentage Automo and leads an on base percentage with a 0.563 number two yeah. is Grace Chelleman with a 0.478 yeah well actually Marshall's the top four top yeah. four Autumn Grace go. Sid Bickle yeah. and Alex Coleman there you go so what are you gonna do no denial. All right. So now let's move over and talk about Sid. And I, <laughs> I, I joke since you took it away. I don't mean to be melancholy about that. <laughs> what an award to get the triple crown in pitching as well. Yeah. And so this hit is, me hit me with those stats. This is the this is the legit one, right? It's wins and and um, ERA and strikeouts. Wins with twenty five leads the league. ERA with a one point zero eight, which just recently edged above one, by the way, and strikeouts with 218, okay? Let me put that in perspective. Sid Nestor leads in ERA by nearly a full half run. She's number one with a 1.08. Number two is a 1.53, okay? And uh, number three, uh, Olivia Lackey from South Alabama, who kept winning the – Pitcher of the week is number three with a 1.58. So wins, Sid is uh, one ahead of uh, Leanna, Tr- Leanna Johnson from Troy with 25 wins and strikeouts. Where's that at? Where is strikeouts? There it is. Uh, leads by – oh, wait, that's hits. <laughs> I was like, dang, that ain't right. I can't find the strikeouts. There it is. Um, 218, number two is Olivia Lackey from South Alabama with 201. So – what look, man? Stats don't lie, right? Stats don't lie. Uh, so, I think, what's what's the game started for Sid? Uh, game started. Okay, uh, tied thirty-one. Okay, so thirty-one, and she had two hundred eighteen. You see where I'm going with this? I know mm-hmm. she had some games that she came in and got some saves and things like that, and she got mm-hmm. strikeouts during those. But game started. She had to average just about seven, if you strikeouts, uh, to get to two eighteen. If you take away all of her relief strikeouts, mm-hmm. seven strikeouts per game. Yeah, 
Let's look at complete games. How many she got? Okay, complete games out of 31 starts, 28 complete games. 28 complete games. Nine shutouts, four saves on the season, um, with an opponent batting average of number two in the co- in the conference. By the way, opponents batting 1.77. Those are gaudy, absurd numbers. So wait a minute. Let me add some context to that. Okay. Let me add some context to that. Uh, at bats, okay. Um, opponents batting one point seven seven or point one seven seven over seven hundred and fifty five at bats. Yeah. N- number one pitcher, two hundred and three at bats. Five hundred more at bats on the season. That is a telling stat. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> what a great duo, man. This is an all-time great herd battery, right? All-time great. I yeah. mean, all-time great. Yeah. You're talking about two Triple Crown winners in the same season, on the same field, at the same time. And you remember when we interviewed Sid, she said, when I'm in the circle, it's just me and Autumn. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's me and Autumn. And she gets locked in, and she stays locked in, and she's very regimented in her approach. She talked about, I don't know if you guys have seen, but, you know, I, I lick my fingers before every pitch. And if you look, if you just pay attention to when she pitches, every motion is nearly identical. Everything is nearly identical. Of course, she, well, it, it, has to it. Be, it has to be different based on what pitch you're throwing, obviously. But her approach, her wind-up, everything, is, it's, it's near carbon copies time after time. Mm-hmm. She's just an all-time great, and I, I I I can't wait to talk about this. I hope she wins Pitcher of the Year. She should, but I wonder if she's also, or if any of our players, or Southern Misses players, or you know Coastal, or not Coastal, but uh, Old Dominion. Old Dominion has softball. James Madison. Any of those three um, are eligible for Newcomer of the Year because we're all new to the conference this year. Because. If that's the case, and Sid or Autumn, either one, if Sid, let's say Sid particularly, wins Newcomer of the Year and Pitcher of the Year, that would mean that last year, in her first year with the Herd, she would have won Conference USA Newcomer of the Year and Conference USA Pitcher of the Year, then comes into the Sun Belt and happens to win Sun Belt Newcomer of the Year and Sun Belt Pitcher of the Year across two conferences in two seasons with the Herd. That, my friends, would be all time. That's yeah. it. All, nobody's going to do that again. So we have to see how those postseason awards shake out. But man, that would be just take the jersey off and retire it. Right? Nobody needs to wear that again because nobody's going to match that. And uh, you know, you said all time battery uh, mates, but they might be top two, and they're not two. I mean, they might be number <laughs> one of all time, uh, yeah. especially if they bring home MVP and and pitcher of the year, whatever the, uh, the awards that they're going to call these in the Sun Belt, I'm not sure what they're called, but, um, man, just, it's not over. It's not over yet. We got, and it's not, no, it's not. And you know, folks are going to say, well, you know, they didn't play Louisiana and well, they didn't play South Alabama. Well, guess what? They didn't play us either. Yeah. That's a two way street. You can't just think, well, the herd would have gone down there and lost. Yeah. No, they didn't play against us either. They didn't have and, to face Sid and, Nestor in the circle. They didn't have to pitch to Autumn and Grace and and Sid Bickle and and Alex and Bub and all of them. They didn't have to do that. Ask Virginia Tech about playing us, and uh, that was while they were ranked, and that was while uh, they have gone on to uh, beat uh, who was it Clemson twice? I think maybe yeah, maybe like it was Clemson. Uh, so. Don't count this herd uh, team out, and we're going to talk about it much more later. Yeah. But 
uh, one game, you know, and you have to go up against Sid. Anything can happen in this or, tournament. Or Savannah Rice. Savannah Rice is sure. 12-0 on the season. Yeah. You, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But it's it's single elimination, and I'll put her up against, uh, you know, the South Alabama pitcher, and I'll put her up against whoever Louisiana has. And I like Sid, and I like our chances. I do too. In a one-game scenario, anything can happen. So why would you just count out the herd? Yeah. They can score in bunches when the bats are hot. Mm-hmm. And some of these other teams aren't able to do that. Well, you look at that lineup. We talked about the top four and on base percentage. I mean, that's how you score runs is having people on base. Anything can happen. A pass ball advances them. A, a, a grounder to the right side advances them. Uh, a, a pop out to the outfield. You know, there's uh, all kinds of different things when you get people on base that you can score. And, um, uh, I like our chances. And yeah. we'll, again, we'll talk about it more later. Let's move on to number four on our list of things for okay. the week. Tyler Jones in men's golf is named third team all Sunbelt Conference. That's pretty good, man. I think that the uh, Sunbelt is a stronger golf conference than the Conference USA was. There, it I just seems agree. that way. Uh, some of these uh, more southern schools, the Georgia schools and, and Coastal, and the, they seem to be – you know, more into uh, their golf programs, fielding stronger golf programs. Talking about places that traditionally can golf all year round instead of, you know, I mean, we live in Huntington and think about all the places up here, you know, it's got to be very seasonal, you know. uh, I don't know, Conference USA was so spread out, but I mean, this is like the SEC footprint here, you know, in the Sunbelt Conference. And we're talking about, Baseball and golf, things that you can do more than softball year-round. Yeah, that's right. So to come in and be a third-team all-Sun Belt uh, performer in the first season in the Sun Belt, playing you know, all new courses, undoubtedly. You, know, you get used to playing some of the same places around, and this is a whole new thing. So I'm proud of him. I think it's great, man. He, he did us proud last year, and he did us proud again this year. And I'm interested to see how, you know, this men's golf program uh, continues to recruit or what changes for them now that they are able to, you know, uh, play in the Sunbelt footprint. So maybe we start going after some of those same folks that, you know, these Georgia schools and Mississippi schools and Louisiana schools are going after. So, um, but kudos to him, man. That's a, it's a, that was, that was pretty cool. We knew he was going to have a good season based off what he did last year and he proved us right. Yeah, um, I can't remember the score that uh, was mentioned that he hit uh, was sixty seven uh, when they did the the Marcos award. I think that he had a sixty seven somewhere, and it was touted or whatever. But you know, he won that Marco award, mm-hmm. and uh, he has just been consistently when we talk men's golf, either leading the herd or right there, you know, tied or second, you know, uh, in the lead for individual. Um, great to see us considering we don't have the top golf program or we don't have the top three golf program in the Sun Belt. You know, we land somebody on one of these boards. I think that's great. For well, this you one. remember we talked several months back in an episode about some upgrades coming to the golf uh, program yeah. so that they would sure. be able to get work in yeah. during inclement weather, during the winter months, they would be able to, 
you know, step that whole program up a notch. So, you know, we're still just like baseball, not in maybe as big a way as baseball. We're still putting facilities in place in some of these programs to allow our athletes to compete at a higher level. So, you know, as those things come into place, you would like to think that the overall successes of our programs will rise too. So keep those things in mind when you, when things like an all conference performer comes across the airwaves and you're like, Oh, well, cool. But you've got to realize some of the odds that they're up against in performing that well already. So, you know, hopefully in a couple of years, we'll see multiple all conference performers or maybe even a, uh, a golfer of the year or a first team performer. It mm-hmm. Baby steps right now, man, it's baby steps, but we'll get yeah. there. Uh, number five, we're going to talk about these a lot more next week uh, after we've had more time and people have transferred or signed. Yeah. But uh, right now we've got uh, four transfer commits that have come in for football. That's wide receiver Daryl Simmons, punter Colby Morgan, quarterback TJ McMahon, and tight end Cade Conley. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about more. Like I said, we, the summer session just started, so now people can get in and get enrolled and be able to be talked about without fear of being recruited away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we had initially thought, well, well, we did one half of the portal before; we'll do the other half this week. And then we thought, no, wait, let's let's see if we can add to the class, you know, with summer session being open, yeah, uh, before we jump the gun and do that. So as soon as uh, you know, we we saw the tweet, we saw the tweet from Clint Trickett that he was. Uh, you know, excited about a big recruiting weekend and some of the things that might come out of that. And then in the next couple of days, you get McMahon announces that he's coming and then uh, Conley announces, announces that he's coming too. Uh, put some context to some of that. Uh, Simmons is a wide receiver come from Stephen F. Austin, I believe, by way of Virginia Tech. Um, what's the last name of the kicker punter? I can't remember. Say it again. Morgan. Morgan. Colby Morgan. Colby Morgan from Tennessee, I believe, University of Tennessee. And then um, T.J. McMahon from Rice, who had a fair amount of starting experience with Rice. That's a that's an interesting addition that we will talk about more in depth. And um, uh, Colby Conley, Kobe Conley, Cade Conley. That's right. Colby's the kicker. Um, Conley, Cade Conley from Central Michigan, another big-bodied tight end, putting a herd at like eight, eight tight ends on the roster. <laughs> I know I giggle at that, but that's just an obscenely large number. That is a big number of tight ends. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, I mean, we could do a feature show on that tight end room and (laughs) and talk about uh, some things. I know we talked a little bit about that briefly last week, and we won't regurgitate that same news. But let's just say it will be interesting to see how our tight end room is utilized. (laughs) We need to talk to Derek Shea and get, like – how in the world did you get such an allotment of scholarships for your room, man? Because this is uh, – eight is a lot. It is a lot. And I'm interested. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I would love to – I can't wait to find out how this number evolves, whether it gets smaller or there's position changes or we're just like, nope, we're rolling with eight. We're going to recruit all the tight ends so nobody can have a tight end on their roster in the entire conference, and that's what we're going to do. When you said smaller or, I was hoping you weren't going to say bigger because I hope that we're not taking a ninth or a tenth tight end. We're putting um, five wide tight ends, so it's going to be – 10 blockers. No, I'm sorry. Four wide tight ends. It's going to be 10 blockers, uh, Fancher and Ali. And that's going to be it. Which like somebody block somebody and those two guys are just going to run all day. 
I don't know, well, man. Yeah, we we kid, but we uh, we care, and we'll uh, yeah. we we really are interested and intrigued on on how this room's going to shake up because you've got some big guys, you got some great blockers, uh, and you've got some uh, fast guys mismatches. Yeah. You got uh, some I mean, pass catchers and blocking. We got the we got guys with that complete the entire skill set. So you yeah. have flexibility to plug in a particular tight end based on what you need, um, based on what you're running. So right. it's just intriguing to see where all these guys will be utilized if they mm -hmm. all remain tight ends. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, number what was that? Was that I think that, that was, was five. six? No, oh, that five. was five. Yeah, no, that was five. Uh, Marshall Athletics getting after it in the classroom. We've got uh, some GPA uh, news that you tweeted out there, but some uh, I missed some of them. Sorry. Well, that's all right. Let's talk about the uh, APR, and this is uh, the academic progress rate, and this is something that is uh, across the NCAA, mm -hmm. and. Um, that report came out earlier this week and the department's overall multi-year APR rating is at 987. 10 programs are at 985 or higher and that's out of a thousand. Uh, 10 of those 15 programs are at 985 or higher and four of them uh, got a perfect score of a thousand. That's women's cross country, women's golf, women's tennis and women's swimming and diving men you got your work your cut out <laughs> need to hit the books a little bit harder um in addition to those four teams programs finishing with a rating of at least 985 included men's cross country men's golf women's basketball volleyball softball and women's soccer um all 15 programs finished at at least 960 and that is a full 30 points above the ncaa threshold so it's not wow. like we've got anybody that is teetering real real far back or anything like yeah. that and kd what i'm missing the word what what is this what does you don't do? even need to set it up right because we all know when the gpa start flowing out and you see that three point this three point seven eight nine those are differentiators in the classroom. There's differentiators for Marshall Athletics, and they are differentiators for Marshall University. You can come here. You can achieve academically at a high level. You can achieve athletically at a high level, and you can set yourself up to be successful in life after college. Yeah, so I've got the full list here. I'm just going to run down them. Yeah, um, man. I want to hear them because I haven't seen them all. We, we know that 960 is the lowest uh, and that it's a full 30 points. Oh, I above. thought you were going to give me the GPAs, not the... No, 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 no. Let's just hit them real quick. Women's sports, women's cross country, 1,000. Women's golf, 1,000. Women's swimming and diving, 1,000. Women's tennis, 1,000. We mentioned those. Women's soccer, 997, right there. Women's basketball, 994, right there. Volleyball, 993, right there. Softball, 992, right there. Women's track, 983. Men's sports, golf, 989. Cross country, 985. Soccer, 977. Basketball, 974. Football, 961. And baseball, 960. Wow. Dang. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's really impressive. And if you want to see, you know, uh, 
we put out the individuals that we had uh, of some GPAs and stuff like that. We're talking about like 3.93, 3.88. Yeah. I mean, some very good academic scores here. So again, here we are always going to talk about that. We're always going to put that over and promote it uh, when athletes individually or collectively as a group are doing well in the classroom. We do a lot of community service here. We do uh, a lot of academic uh, uh, success rates and, and things like that. We we have it all here at Marshall. And I joke with KD because he made that a buzzword, but it is a differentiator. It's a differentiator with parents, recruits, everything. And us as fans ought to be proud when we're talking about all the community service that our athletes are doing and all of the um, – accolades that they're getting in the classroom yeah and if, you know if you you should care because if you're going to talk about that hashtag herd family thing it can't just be about wins and losses you have to celebrate those successes in the classroom you have to celebrate those successes and relationships that are built in the huntington community in the tri-state area this is all part of the marshall family and what they do to become an even larger ingrained part of this area it's just it's all important and that's why it's special here that's why it's different here and that's why when we continually talk to our athletes our former athletes prospective athletes parents whoever it is that we happen to engage with we tell them that and, and then they find out for themselves and then they reiterate that back to us that like man that it is really like family here so yeah. you can't it can't just be all fun all the time right that's the parent in me you also have to take care of your business and taking care of your business means doing well in the classroom and doing well in the community. And we are absolutely killing it in those departments right now. Oh, by the way, a lot of our teams are succeeding at high levels too. So we are um, connecting all the dots right now. It's, it's just a really great time. It, it, it's, it, I know it coincides with this move to the Sunbelt and it's not like it started happening because we moved but it just all goes along with more folks paying more attention to more things and it being a bigger breath of fresh air. And I think um, more folks are just are, are, are opening their eyes to a lot more of what's going on rather than the Saturday football score or the, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday basketball score or whatever. So it's, it's, it's really cool, man. And I'm, I'm glad to see all these numbers. I'm glad to see the successes. It just feels good, man. It just feels good. And, it, and I'm, and I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Um, I think that this has been one of those, uh, eye openers you know because we're over a year now the, that we've been doing this this show mm -hmm. and we've been paying so much more attention just like everybody else uh to these other programs and everything but we came in with a new conference a new president a new uh, uh athletic director uh we have new programs with getting men's track back and some more that are coming it just seems like this perfect storm of all this new and just happened to coincide with us covering it. And I think that this is one of the best times across the board to be a herd fan. Yeah, it is. So it, join the freaking big green, right? Yeah. Get involved with the NIL collective, of the Thunder Trust, if you want to, right? Make a donation. Marshall just had the day of giving, you know, to where you could have donated to the university. These are all things we have to do if we want to continue to push Marshall forward. Because I think at this point, I am not speaking out of turn when I say we are never going to just get our fair share 
of uh, of uh, funding from the state. You know, we think a lot of that gets sent up north because it does. So if we're going to make it happen, we're going to make it happen. Like each one of us, we'll we'll get a little help from the state, but ultimately the successes and failures of Marshall University are going to fall on the alumni and the students and, you know, everybody involved. So if we want to see it continue to grow, we're going to have to make it grow. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Same, man, same. And I think that um, I speak for you when I say that we individually are going to put up as well and do our part. You know, yeah. we, we do it as a show, but individually we we're both big green members and we uh, have both donated to the baseball stadium and we've both donated uh, to different things. And we both uh, do the 1837 NIL Honors Club. Yeah. Uh, again, that's a little bit of chest thumping, but it's also that we can't sit here and tell everybody, hey, do this and we're not doing it. So yeah. we're going to do it and we hope that you will too. Yeah, I'm not chest thumping because, again, I'm just a guy, right? And I can do what I can do. I can't do a lot, but I do what I can. I feel like I can do. And that's all that I would ask is find your niche and do that, you know? So what else? What's left? I'm not going to pound my chest. I'm I'm not important. I just, I'm just a guy that loves the school, and I want to help out. Number seven, our final thing, is uh, softball set a couple of records. Uh, well, one is each time they get a record, they are now 900 wins and or above actually. But mm-hmm. uh, during that JMU series, they got their 900th program win, and I think that's just tremendous. But also in that final game, they hit win number 43 on the season, and that is the all-time record. And we still have the postseason to go. Yeah, all those others had postseason wins in there as well. We had already passed the single season regular uh, season win mark, uh, but forty three in the regular season is the new number, and I can't wait to see what that number is when we add on some postseason wins. Yeah, the quest for forty six has started. Right, you got to win three, I think, in the Sun Belt tournament since we earned a buy in order to capture that Sun Belt championship. So uh, one game at a time, you know, we're going to we're going to play Thursday against the winner of what is it, Coastal and Southern Miss, I think. I think. I think. And that'll be, I don't remember, 2 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I got it wrong twice, so we'll get it right on the show. I'll get it right next time, Booby. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what a great achievement man for, like a team-wide achievement we've we've talked about some individual performers sid and autumn and, and there have been other players that are just having great seasons alex coleman's leading the conference in hits i mean and and individually what players did versus the years they had previously grace is having a career year you know cam hollis is having a, a, a great year for us this year Sid Bickle is, is first year in Huntington, and she's lighting it up, you know, from a defensive standpoint particularly. Savannah Rice undefeated in the circle. Bub Faringa, I saw the other day, she struck out in a game, and it was like only the sixth or seventh time all year that she had done that across 50-some games. What? I mean, think about things like that. All these little moments of greatness add up, and then they culminate with a single-season win record, and that's a team thing because that says everybody played a part in that, and that is so freaking cool, man. There, There is zero weak link on this lineup, on this team, in the field. I mean, there's there's not a situation where you go, 
uh-oh, so-and-so is bad, or uh-oh, you know, they're hitting it to so-and-so. Everyone pulls their weight, and they are a great team, and you just have to give it to every single player, whether they're a role player coming off the bench or whether they're a regular starter in the lineup and in the field. Everyone is getting it done, and yeah. the staff is tremendous. You know, yeah. Coach Coach Megan Smith-Lyon, Coach Corey Lyon, uh, Matty Holub, Allie Harrell, everybody else that's been involved that that doesn't get their due everyone is doing great yeah they really are and you know megan always wants to put the shine right back on the players and that's what a great coach is supposed to do but we will continually block that out to a certain degree because it takes great coaches to get the most out of their players and we recognize that and we want our fan even if you don't want the fanfare that's fine we are going to make sure that our fan base knows what we have in place from a leadership standpoint in order to get the best out of our team. And everybody on this roster has had moments of greatness this year, everybody. And it's, it's, it's been so fun to cover. It's been so fun to follow, you know, and it's really been cool that um, we've developed these kind of tongue in cheek relationships to where uh, they, they are, they, they banter back with us. on social media and things like that because it's not all business with this team you know we've said it so many times they have so much fun they look like they're having so much fun but they're just great people and their parents are great people you know it's it's such a great atmosphere that i i am still befuddled and baffled as to why you know every marshall fan isn't a softball fan i mean i feel like if you would just give it a shot if you're still for some reason on the fence You'd be like, man, I I missed out. Like, and yeah, hey, man, they're, they're great. Let's talk about the fans too, because every time that I go over there, I see the same fans every game. Mm-hmm. They do not miss a game. If they miss a game, it's because they got something going on in their life that they can't be there. It's not like ah, I've been to three this year. I'm not going anymore. They try to go to every single game. If you're listening, you know who you are. We see yep. you over there every time. Um, <laughs> We have an amazing program, and it is supported amazingly as well. It it certainly is. And And these people did not just show up this year because we were winning. They were there last year. They were there the year before. They were year before that. They've been here. Some of these these fans probably remember the 2013 team that set a record, the 2019 Mm -hmm. team that set the record, and now this 2023 team. So some of those folks have seen – three single season win records set and or matched. So hats off to them, right? Our fans are great. Megan has talked about it. Corey's talked about it, but at along those same lines, we want more. We want, we want standing room only at every game so that they have to expand the stadium. They have to put in more seating. They have to add more amenities. We want that. That's, that's a good problem to have. And the best way to do that is win. And we are winning a lot. And it is a hell of a lot of fun. So proud of them. So proud of Megan and Corey and Maddie and, and uh, Allie. And, and uh, even, even the administration, like behind the scenes, you know, I mean, how David's been great. Mm-hmm. All these guys and gals behind the scenes at Marshall have been so great. Um, it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch, honestly. So you love to see good things happen to good people. They're all great people, and I love to see this uh, happen for them. I was really hoping they would get this record. And now, hell, man, let's just go win us a championship. 
Yeah. And last thing I want to say about the fans is when you tune in on the away games, ESPN plus uh, broadcasts, and you see uh, some green, not just like when they pan to the outfield, but you see it behind home plate. Yeah. And then you hear the, the announcers say, Marshall travels well. There's a lot of green here. It's just about every broadcast, every weekend. Yeah. So, you know, we I know I've seen uh, some uh, player parents there on, on the screen and things like that, but they're not the only ones traveling to the away games. So just all around, man, what more can we say about this program? But anyway, that brings us uh, to the end. That's seven things this week. Every Herd fan needs to know. And as always, brought to you by Ignite Link. An hour long worth of things, but man, what some that was some blockbuster things though. I mean, it was, some, some it was earth, some earth shattering stuff, some 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 watermark stuff. And we spent a little more time than usual on uh, these things, knowing that you know we only have three sports to talk about in around the herd. Well, that's but true. Be- but before we get to that, I've got just one to two minutes uh, that we need to talk about thundercast.online oh yeah so uh this is not a feature won't be a long time to talk about it but if you are not aware if you've been uh missing out uh on what we did an eight week mystery announcement chalkboard contest about we have thundercast online thundercast.online uh on your mobile phone or your uh laptop go to it uh we have uh a handful of articles up. We just started one series uh, that Trace Johnson, who will be writing for us, did on uh, memorabilia and uh, heard man caves or whatever you want to call your room that uh, you have all your Marshall gear in. Uh, I think that's a fun little article. And uh, if you have one that you want to showcase and display and share with everybody, contact us or contact Trace on, on the article that he wrote there has the contact info and let's feature your, uh, your wall, your office, your home, your den, your basement, whatever you got. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool, man. Some of those, um, some of those stories, um, just the, the idea behind them is, is, uh, pretty cool. And particularly I want to talk about one that I know you're proud of, uh, was the conversation with the Holler family and mm-hmm. a family when a family enters the transfer portal. <clears throat> I don't know if I got that title correct, but that's yeah, basic. Is. That's basically, you know, the family standpoint for when a <clears throat> athlete enters the portal and is looking for a new home. And of course, we all know about offensive lineman Trent Holler. He was really great for us last year. Comes over from East Carolina. The family is from Pennsylvania, so there was a whole, you know, geographic thing going on there. <clears throat> getting to North Carolina from Pennsylvania, and then all of a sudden potentially only having to go to Huntington and all that encompassed in that and how that entire experience was for them being re-recruited, you know, mm-hmm. and having to weigh some of those options again and, and, you know, finding a home in Huntington and what that's meant and how they've been treated and the differences of, you know, point A and point B. And I think that's something that's meaningful to a lot of families in this day and age, because let's face it, man, the transfer portal has been a big part of this episode, but it has been a big part of collegiate athletics over the last number of years. And to find something like that and to be able to relate to it, I think will strike a chord with a lot of families out there. So if by some crazy reason you happen to be listening to this, 
go to thundercast.online. You can find that article and you can read about it and you can see some of the one family's experiences by being recruited to Marshall. I think that is the type of thing that um, would potentially set some minds at ease for people that are considering Marshall. Um, I've put the link to the website in our Twitter bio, our profile. So now it's really easy. Just go to the profile, click the link, and it'll take you right over there. But I also really think it's a great idea and avenue to explore folks' memorabilia collections. And Trace does a pretty good job of writing. Yeah, uh, I'm really glad to have him back in the fold with us and being able to contribute to what we're doing here at the Thundercast and, and with the website. Because, he, he, first of all, he's got a great collection. <laughs> I mean, he posted some pictures. There's pictures included, you know, like you said, in the article. But we all have them. This is just a piece of what mine is, right? But it just happens to be my background. Um, but I know folks are proud of their collections. They're proud of some of the things that they have. And they want to display that and they want to share that with other herd fans. So if you have a room, like Russ said, you got to get in touch with us somehow. Uh, email is uh, thundercast.pod at gmail.com. Maybe I should probably put that in the descriptions of the uh, of the uh, our, uh, shows from now on so people can do, find that really easily. All you got to do is shoot us an email and say, hey, yeah, I got a room, and we'll see if there's something there that we can get you included on the website. Yeah, but let's, let's talk real quick uh, about, you know, you don't really even have to go look in the descriptions of the shows. If you can remember to go to thundercast.online, that's our launching pad that's true. for everything. You've got all of our social media on there as a button at the top. You just hit that, and it'll take you to our Twitter, take you to our Facebook, take you to our Instagram. You can click the uh, YouTube uh, to go, uh, the icon to go straight to that, where we have Thundercast uh, podcast. We've got Thundercast Live. We've got Inside the Thunder, your interview show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got all the different uh, things this week we just put up uh, for uh, sponsor spotlights that we interviewed during uh, the spring game. Mm -hmm. um, so all that stuff is there. And then there is also a an icon for email right there. So oh. if you don't want to have to remember all that stuff, go to thundercast.online and it will have all of that right there. Damn. Now, we don't have this website fully fleshed out. And you will see there are some pages that just say coming soon. And that's because we wanted to do a soft launch we will have weekly things going up right now, but we will have probably by July, definitely before football season, we're going to be fully into it. And every page that you'll see on there will be fully fleshed out and have all your information. So that's your launching site. Go to there, uh, thundercast.online, and you can get to anything that you need from us. But again, we're for the fans and we're by the fans and we want to highlight you. We're not trying to compete with WSAZ or herd zone or anything like that to write play by play articles or interviews with coaches. This is all about the fan experience. So uh, again, reach out about your memorabilia, reach out about all this other stuff. And we'll probably be talking to you, the fan, because that's what we want to do. Yep. This is this That's is right. about the fans and for the fans. That's right, what, man. what our website's for. That's right. So I, I, I should have just said that at the at the front. Thundercast.online. Please do not be confused and write thundercastonline.com. That's not what it is. It's thundercast.online. 
That's the link. It'll take you directly to the homepage, and there will be more to come. We'll be talking about more opportunities, more things, and the expansion of the website, but you'll kind of get a feel for what it basically is right now. But there's some content over there. There's links, like Russ said, to all the shows and the, and the channels. I would, I do want to say this. If you missed the tweet that I put out, YouTube has finally launched the YouTube Music app. So if you don't have that, uh, you can download it. And I've been trying to get a feel for it over the last couple of days since they launched it. So now they make it really easy for you to get the Thundercast and Inside the Thunder through the YouTube Music app as well. Um, I like the interface a little bit better than Spotify right now. I got to be honest. So give it a shot. Maybe you will too. And we're really, really easy to find right as soon as you open it. There's a tab. First tab at the top says podcasts. All you got to do is click it, search Thundercast, easy to follow. So just another option to uh, listen to the show. But anyway, Russ, let's take it around the herd. Yeah, let's do that. And we're going to start with track and field. And uh, only thing really that we need to talk about is... This starts on Thursday. Yeah. Sunbelt Conference tur- uh, Championships. And uh, we are expecting, as we have a couple of conference leaders in uh, a couple of categories, we're expecting to have a, a good showing. Yeah. Not only a good showing, I am fully expecting to bring home a couple of individual championships. Uh, namely, like I said before, uh, I would I, I, I want Macy Majoy to repeat in the pole vault. And uh, I'd like to see Brett Armburster bring one home too. And of course, anybody else that wants to win one would be pretty cool. But uh, those are the two that I'm kind of hanging my hat on right now that I have high hopes that that will bring some hardware back to Huntington. But Thursday is going to be a big, big day, right? The track and field SBC championships kick off and we play in softball. So the seasons are winding down. It's just three teams we're talking about, like Russ said. Granted, there's a lot of disciplines and, and events in track and field, but the overall program starts on thursday um let's go man we we got some we got some athletes here that can do some damage for us man we've got to bring home some hardware just to cap off a great season and uh remember remember this is the return of men's track and field so to come out of the gate and bring home a a sunbelt conference championship i think would be pretty freaking remarkable and uh i'm here for it and if a local kid happens to do it Icing on the cake. Icing on the cake. Let's move over to baseball. Unfortunately, we got swept at JMU, and I also unfortunately got a uh, message from one of my JMU friends that I uh, made down at uh, the football tailgate uh, that said he was going to buy me a broom on Amazon because they swept us. So can't wait to uh, sweep them in something and actually buy him a broom and say, well, there you go, Ron. uh, (laughs) uh, They lost on uh, Friday, May the 5th, 13 to 6. And all these were in Charleston at Gomart Gomart Ballpark, 7 to 3 on Saturday and 8 to 4 on Sunday. Um, They are still in the basement, unfortunately, of the Sunbelt Conference. We talked about that a lot last week and about a new start for next year when they uh, finally get some facilities where they can practice and play and actually have a home field. They are playing on Tuesday, May the 9th. Um, Not sure when this episode will air, if it'll be before or after this, but uh, 3 p.m. May the 9th. They're playing Ohio. It's always good to go up against the Bobcats. And then the next day, they are traveling, still local, Moorhead, to play Moorhead State. 
and that'll be 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Yeah. Then uh, over the weekend, they have a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all at the Kennedy Center on Route 2. That'll be against Troy. you got 3 p.m., 1 p.m., and 1 p.m. Well, this, I believe, will be your final opportunities to watch the herd. Um, I don't think we're not going to qualify for the Sunbelt Tournament, I don't think. But uh, they, they will have one more game next week, and that is at home, and there will be more head coming here on Tuesday. But other than this Tuesday and this weekend, and or if you go down to Moorhead on Wednesday, you're right. They've, they've only got five home games left, and four of them we just talked about. Yeah, so that's a little frustrating, but look, man, send the guys out the right way. Go see them and, um, you know, show some support. Even though it's it's a downer that we won't take part in the Sun Belt tournament, um, give it a couple of years. You heard Christian talk about it. You heard, you heard him talk about Greg Beals and what he brings to this program and – you know, the excitement around the stadium and, and all of that stuff. So it may take us a couple of years. And, and again, I said this earlier, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that because it's now no, no longer a will it happen situation. It's, it's happening. Now we can truly focus on building a program. So I'll take some, I'll take a few more lumps to move to the next echelon. Of, of prestige and achievement with this program. But that notwithstanding, get out to the Kennedy Center and watch these guys play. Uh, their season's winding down. It's not, it's not like they uh, don't deserve a crowd there to cheer them on. As a matter of fact, I, would, I don't think it's unfathomable to think that they would freaking appreciate a packed crowd at the Kennedy Center to watch them play. Uh, it's just not the season we had hoped for, but hey, you're going to have that from time to time, but some of the pieces are in place now, and uh, we've talked a number of times about a recruiting class that's being built, you know, seemingly by the week now. Let it happen. Just give it a little time. Um, I feel I feel bad for these guys. I know some of them wanted to just get into that tournament and see if they could have caught some teams by surprise and maybe made a little bit of noise and, and springboarded into the next season, but unfortunately that's not the way it's going to happen this year. And um, – it's, it's, it's not okay, but it is what it is. Uh, we, we regroup, we recruit, and we get back after it. But for now, close them out with a the crowd. They deserve it. Yeah, and uh, we're going to finish up with softball. We talked about this a lot already, but uh, they went down to uh, Georgia Southern, and they swept Georgia Southern in mighty fashion. Wasn't, uh, wasn't any close games. They dominated in, in the circle. They dominated at the plate. And uh, they got to 43 wins, program record. And now the only thing that's left is win them all. Win them all. But we got to talk about it, right? Because I oh, said, we're going to. We're going I said to. Uh, because I was unaware fully that uh, how the structuring was going to go with mm-hmm. the Sunbelt title or Sunbelt tournament seating. I think right. everyone was until Herd Zone put out the article and it was confirmed, you know, Sunbelt put it on there and uh, confirmed how it was. Yeah, because so. even we were talking about like, well, we need right. this to happen, we need that to right. happen, and, and it all turned out to be like for not. Right. You know, uh, we wondered would we be able to leapfrog up into second, and basically we had second locked up going in, you know. So the way they did it, for those that are unfamiliar with, number one seed and the number two seed were – determined by the 
number one teams in the East Division and West Division, right? So Marshall was the number one in the East Division. They had the number two seed locked up because Louisiana was number one in the West and had a better record, right? Then number three through everybody else was just based off of overall record, not divisions at all. So we we were able to secure that by by winning the East. So going into the weekend, hell, I thought we needed a sweep to even have a chance at it, but we already had it locked up. But we went in there and swept them anyway, right. <laughs> which is always cool to do because that 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 gave us the record, convincing fashion, and uh, we needed it. We needed the sweep to to get there, right? To to get to forty three. Game one, four nothing victory. Game two, seven to two. Game three, eight to one. So it was um, not really that close in any one game. But um, let's run down some stats real quick because the girl, the girls got the bats out in a big way. They needed that in a series. They, you know, we needed to have a an offensive outpouring in a series, and and to have one closing out the season is a great way to go into the Sun Belt tournament. We'd seen a lot of two to one games and four to three games, and you know that kind of stuff. And to have four runs being your lowest run support of the weekend is great. You know, uh, game one, Sid goes complete. Game three, hitter with five Ks, no runs. Cam Mahalis, two of four with an RBI. Bub Fringa, one for three with two RBIs, and Autumn Owen gets an RBI. Game two, seven to two victory. Uh, Savannah Rice goes four uh, and two thirds innings, seven hits, two earned runs, and two K. Bub comes in relief with two and a third innings, uh, no hit ball with two Ks, earning Savannah Rice the victory, pushing her to 12 and 0 on the season. 12 and 0. On the season, ladies and gentlemen. Autumn Owen in that one goes two for three with a home run and four RBIs. Grace goes two for three. Riley Lucas one for three with an RBI. And Cam Mahalis notches another RBI. And then game three, the finale, eight to one victory for the herd. We needed that one to get to 43. And I was glued to the ESPN Plus broadcast. Uh, I just wanted to see if it was going to happen, right? I think we all wanted to see if it was going to happen. Enter the smoking gun into the circle for the finale. Complete game four hitter, one run, 11 strikeouts, including the final strikeout of the game to secure the record for the herd on 127 workhorse pitches, Russ. I bet you there was no chance in hell she was coming out of that game. No chance in hell. Uh, I, I mean, 127 pitches, a lot of pitches. You know, and when you think in terms of baseball, that just really doesn't happen anymore. We know it's a lot different in softball, but once you start creeping up, I, I so I've learned around that one ten to one twenty, there's still it's still getting pretty high. Yeah. So you get fatigue in anything that you're right. repeating that that often at that velocity and and everything. So, but 127 workhorse pitches, and to still have all the pop in the seventh to strike out the final batter says really all you, that's a microcosm of all you really need to know about Sid Nestor. Um, Heard goes 13 hits as a team in that one to leave no doubt. Alex Coleman, two of five. Uh, Sid Bickle and Autumn Owen both go three of four. Grace, two of four with two RBIs. Riley Lucas, one of three with an RBI. Uh, Cam Mahalis goes one for three. And Bree Godfrey goes one for four with her first two RBIs of the season. How about that? In the finale, you notch some in the RBI column. Um, Good for Bree, man. Good for her. Uh, we mentioned that uh, they that uh, Autumn and Sid end with triple crowns. The one thing I want to say is 
We were teased, Russ, in photos for this game. We saw Sid Nestor with a bat in her hands in the batting cages. They were teasing that maybe she would take a swing or two. And I got to be honest, I'm a little upset that I didn't get to see that. I think that would have been pretty cool, man. That would have been pretty, pretty cool to see her get a get an at bat in the in the fi- the finale of the the series, even if it was like, you know, the top of the seventh or whatever. I, that would have been pretty cool. But nonetheless, uh, big weekend sweep for the herd, notching the all time wins record with still more to come we've mentioned it several times they play thursday and uh we need three we need to win three to win us a sunbelt tournament championship and boy wouldn't it be sweet you would like to think i don't want to speculate i don't want to put the cart in front of the horse but man that that louisiana marshall matchup sure looks freaking cool i would really like to see that happen i would really like to take them to the woodshed if we can and silence all that bull crap that we've been hearing all week you know, we've yeah. been really complimentary of their program all year long and what they've been able to accomplish. And for the other side of that conversation to just continually be like, well, Marshall doesn't play anybody. Well, Marshall this, Marshall. It's just, why? Why can't you also throw some respect back on a team that's playing really well? Yeah, because we, we have been championing their amazing stat of 81 now. Uh, we we talked about it when it was in the 70s. We talked about it all the way through 81 straight conference series wins, at least two out of three. That is crazy. It's been over a decade. Yeah. And we, we can't be a, any more complimentary, but we're playing. It just happens to fall because it's a predetermined location. It happens to fall in their home stadium. Yep where we have been complimentary of their fans and crowds of 1800 plus coming to the games, you know, uh, it's unreal what they have down there. And that just shows you what a decade of dominance will do as far as getting fans support. Um, they have been great all year. They've been great for several years. We've been aware of it, uh, since before we came to, conference, I mean, Sunbelt Conference, uh, at least I had, you know, on, on what they've done. We've been very complimentary, but their fans have done a lot of what the NCAA has done to us this year, and that is underestimated, underappreciated our Marshall team, individuals and as a collective. You you don't see any highlights. I think I I showed it when we were talking about, um, um, I can't remember, but I think it was before the Virginia Tech game now. Maybe it was after that. But I went to uh, the NCAA softball uh, thing and, and typed in Marshall. Went to their Twitter handle and typed in Marshall. And the last time they had talked about us was 2017, and it was talking about Kentucky, and we just happened to be the opponent. Yeah. You know? And NCAA softball notoriously is all about the power five. And I hate that term in, in non-football Because it's not a term not. outside of football. I know, but that's what everybody's going to say. I hate that term. So I'm putting it in their terms, yeah. is, you know, so they'll know. But uh, they are not, not putting any kind of shine on mid-majors. Uh, it is – highly unlikely that they say, Oh, this team went, uh, 
52 and four, so they should get a shot. No, they, if they don't win their conference tournament, that team might not make it to the NCAAs. It's the, a stack deck. And for us to not get any with everything that we're talking about with the individual accomplish, accomplishments, they can't give us any shine whatsoever at the NCAA level. And Louisiana is doing the same bickering with our, our different, not us, but our fans and saying, well, Marshall hadn't played anybody. We're going to show you and that sort of thing. Let's go down there and show them. I would love to. I'd love to run rule the hell out of them in a championship game. That would yeah. be the greatest thing in the world. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just say right. I'd really like to see it. Yeah. I just who, like to see it. who, what Marshall fan wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> I don't know. If you got anything else, let's have it. Otherwise, let's uh, look to get the heck out of here. Yeah. Uh, so whether you see us uh, at the cam, whether you see us at the dot, or whether you see us supporting the hell out of softball starting on Thursday, ESPN Plus, 2 p.m. No matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. Let's bring home some championships. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.